bought a mic. Mike bought gets bought. Films. He's got a tablet. He bought a tablet. Is that a leapfrog? <laughs> I brought my Wii U, guys. <laughs> we bought. We bought a silly Hitler. We bought a mic. It's time to let our listeners know that now's the time to subscribe to Wabam Max Plus Unlimited. Super premium. On, for only $499 a month, you can get all our exclusive content, mm-hmm. including our review of um uh, what are we what are we doing this week? Uh oh, this week we're gonna do um um we're gonna review all of Neil Breen's films. <laughs> Um, I would actually pay for that. <laughs> like, I actually would. Not Maybe not for us doing that, but maybe, like, better podcasters. If you subscribe, you'll get all of our silly video outtakes. <laughs> if you subscribe now at the rate of $600 per month, you will get all of our racist slurs that have been recorded and yeah. saved to the cloud. And put on video, mm-hmm. also. That's, um, let's, do you want to get into that? Welcome <laughs> okay. to the show. Do we your, bought a mic. Do your thing too. An entertainment podcast where every week we talk the ladies, the l- latest. In we film talk to t- ladies. <laughs> <laughs> film, TV, news, uh, movies, cinema, music, pop culture, mm. network TV variety show drama, mm-hmm. a healthy mix mm-hmm. of fun banter mm-hmm. and careful critical analysis. And good. Um, All right. That was the exact same thing as you did last week. Ernest so. Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley with a tablet today. And uh, I'm iPhone Drew. And I'm here. Oh, um, that, isn't, that isn't a Samsung tablet? Samsung tab, no. as they're called? No, I wish. I wish it would just blow up and not be user-friendly. I'm telling you guys, like, tablets are the future. Fuck phones. I just like holding this giant fucking thing up to my face. Yes. Like, that for some reason is even bigger than an iPad, and it's mm-hmm. just huge. I basically just have, like, this is, like, the size of your computer screen. Your muscles are flexing so hard. Like, that thing weighs, like, 50 pounds. It does. I am exhausted. I, if you hear me deep breathing throughout yeah. this thing, it's because I'm winded. Before I'm, before we dive into all of the goodies this week, because there's been some newses. There's been, there's been some newses worth talking about. I think some shout-outs are in order. Oh, are they? We got to give a shout out to birthday boy Harry Sayer, friend of the pod. Yeah, by the Happy time he's hearing this, it won't be his birthday anymore. Happy belated. But, uh, good, good job yeah, by you being born. Yeah, we're we're listening. We're shout out to Harry's mother mm-hmm. for birthing him. His yeah, really. father for providing the semen, and pretty much that's it. Yeah, Harry did none of the work. And shout out to Colin Goody. He says that he's the number one Jared Leto fuckboy, and he wanted us to mention that on the pod. So shout out to you. Yeah, shout out to you, and shout out to. A guy named Shane Gillis. We love him, don't we, folks? <laughs> Nobody knew who this guy was. Unproblematic last week. king. And now everyone knows who he is. So before we talk about Shane Gillis, we should talk about the other two people who. Uh, yeah, start with good news. Aren't all over headlines because they made SNL, but they're also not saying racist shit. So uh, SNL announced a few days ago three different people who would be on the cast now one was someone that i think i've talked about on the pod as someone who should be on snl bowen yang uh host of the Las culturistas podcast a very good podcast he's been writing for snl the past year i think maybe two uh he is 
the first ever SNL cast member of East Asian descent, and also he is a gay man. And more importantly, how is this the first time that I know. an Asian man has been cast yeah. in SNL? Uh, That's insane. And the only other, I think, the only other Asian person period they had was Nassim Pedrad, mm-hmm. who's yeah. uh, West Asian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bowen Yang, big get. They finally have someone who can play Andrew Yang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why they they hired him just to pretty be much. Well, I'm hoping that he can, like the one thing I don't know about him is how he is as an uh, a stage actor. He's been doing it for you know forever. He's like an NYU guy. He was in all the sketch groups that every uh, huge name in comedy was in or whatever. Uh, I'm assuming that he's going to be very good though. He's a great writer of comedy. He has he has a great personality. Very funny guy. Uh, Chloe Feynman also got it. Um, this is someone I actually just realized I know uh, because she was on uh, the Yeah But Still podcast before, and she was very funny. And I ended up looking her up uh, like probably a year ago, and I saw her like SNL demo basically that she put on the internet, and it's very strong. Like it's she's an amazing impressionist. She can do Marianne Williamson, which is very <laughs> like that's their Marianne. Uh, assuming Marianne sticks around <laughs> yeah. like another week, <laughs> she's—I think she's already gone. <laughs> she's <laughs> good chance. Uh, they like hired one girl, and they're like, "She'll be our Kristen Gillibrand," and they're like, yeah, "Shit, yeah, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> let you go." She is an all-around amazing impressionist, though. She can do all the all like the you know ones that any female impressionist wants to have in their back pocket, like Drew Barrymore, etc. Uh, she does a good Reese Witherspoon in Big Little Lies, which is very funny. Uh, she also has a lot of good original characters in her showcase, so you can see exactly why she would get cast. Uh, and then we have um, a little guy that you may have heard of named Shane Gillis. Um, who I am glad that we pushed this pod back a couple days because as of this recording, he is now off the show. Yeah, he's off. It, it took Thank him a God. little longer than I thought it would, to be honest. It took him a couple days. Well, it had to, I mean... SNL is a company it took enough people enough backlash this is an example of when backlash is good and that Twitter actually did the right thing here they helped to push the right thing one in ten times that is actually good for something essentially what happened is what tends to happen with these things now that it's like sort of a clockwork dig into someone's tweets in this case dig into someone's podcast and he was just being a fucking racist yeah. piece of shit so, just and I, saying I, I, I do want to yeah i want to talk about this because this was a you know supposedly a comedy podcast it was him and his buddy shane is from the south then he was in philly for like five years doing stand-up then he had just moved to new york like last year there and they're talking about chinatown and uh, aside from the blatant racism and the slurs the thing that really stood out to me was that it was just horrendous uh comedy it was not funny uh, the problem is that there were not jokes involved. Uh, a lot of comedians get away with being very offensive, and it's because they're funny. And I saw this, the clip, and it didn't. I it w- didn't feel like a bit. No, or it, it a wasn't character. It or wasn't anything. a bit. It was truly just being racist, yeah. and uh, that is ultimately what uh, you know sank him. Like you can't just be a racist person and then release a statement like. I'm trying to be the best comedian I can be. Oh you know. my god, it's fucking notes. Releases app. a horrible statement god afterward. Damn it! Because this state, this uh, someone pulled this clip. Here's another thing: this podcast that he had with his friend, uh, when like like very very recently, Shane wiped all records of the podcast from the internet because he knew 
he knew he was up for yeah. SNL. And he, yeah, and he knew that the podcast was just full of him saying like homophobic things, racist things. Yeah, saying just like, oh, yeah, if you go to Chinatown, like you're just going to eat dog, dude. Like, yeah, well, he also said the, the Asian slur, like the worst one. And then he also has said uh, homophobic slurs and just a bunch of homophobic shit. Um, and like I said, usually not in a very funny context, usually just pretty much saying it. Which is a huge problem. Well, also, I mean, I feel like there's another thing where it's it's not the James Gunn thing, where James Gunn was clearly, like, trying to say something just to, like, provoke people. Even if his jokes were in bad taste, like, and they weren't really funny, you could still tell that they were jokes. Because yeah. I don't even think, like, I think that's why James Gunn eventually, like, people can move past it. One, because it's just a tweet at... Like that was what like six seven years ago yeah. where this was like last year that this happened. Just it's recent and also like it wasn't a joke. Like you could tell that you yeah. can say it was a joke, but it was not a well, joke. Well, that's that's what I was about to get at. Is like it, there's a difference between somebody tweeting stupid shit and like actually seeing the person say it in a video. Yeah, yeah, they filmed it. <laughs> that is a good point. I was thinking, like, if this were just an audio clip, it would have less of an impact, but you're watching the guy yeah, say you it. can tell by looking at him that well, he's like, there is some truth to yeah, the well, racism con- that he's saying. Context-wise, uh, like, he, it's not like a Sarah Silverman situation where she's saying really offensive shit in character. Like, yeah. there's no character here. It's just him, like, shooting the shit with his buddy. And... It is true that there is a certain element of comedy that involves, like, pushing the envelope and just saying shit you shouldn't say. Uh, Yeah, we talked about Dave Chappelle last week. But here's another uh, funny thing. Shane, if you're trying to get a fucking career started, don't do that. (laughs) Don't fucking do that. And definitely don't do it on recording. Like, it's really just a dumb move. He'd made a dumb mistake. If I had just gotten a new job pretty much anywhere and then... Uh, like one of my new coworkers went to the boss with like a video of me saying a slur and they were like an Asian person. I would not get the job. Like, this is not like cancel culture. This is just like HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is very basic shit. What's sad is that SNL didn't do enough research beforehand that it took having backlash from the internet yeah. for it to realize um, it. Like first it started with Disney, not like doing their homework on certain things. And then, now it takes NBC like this, probably like the biggest major studio or major uh, network that we have. And they couldn't even like dig this up, which it wasn't even that much digging, like because it was within the last year or so that it's it. I hate that this is what it's come to is it takes Internet backlash for yeah. things to get done as opposed to people just knowing to do the right things. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry, I'm watching some Honey, sweet your, TikToks your on the side. fucking tablet is talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I was I, I wanted to like pull up some funny tweets because Twitter was like all over this whole yeah. fucking mess. And somebody tweeted like that they feel sorry for the next SNL intern that has to listen to like every episode of some oh, yeah. podcast <laughs> to find the, the yeah, Drew, shit. watch out for whenever you're up. <laughs> for oh, SNL. well, here's the thing. I, I'm, it's going to be gone well before anyone can check. Like um, the dead baby joke I made way back when all gone. Here's another one from, uh, Ad Hampton. Yount. Oh, big he, fan, big fan of the pod. Uh, he's a comedian. He's very funny. He says, podcasts aren't about edginess. They're about re-traumatizing the families of victims of serial killers for MeUndies money. That's, yeah. <laughs> he And he uh, he's one of the voices on the new Mystery Science. He's, he's a really funny dude. Uh, here's another one. At uh, 
Britter Bennett says, ah, yes, cancel culture, formerly known as consequences. Yeah, that's <laughs> the whole deal. And here's another thing uh, that a lot of people aren't realizing about Shane Gillis. Um, he was hired by SNL to be their more conservative voice. Right. This is a conservative stand-up comedian. This is and not he's an probably going to get jobs yeah. from this whole shit. This is, so this is not an actor. This is not a sketch guy. SNL actively hired him to win back uh, Middle America. They hired him to win back Republicans who had stopped watching because they were going in, quote-unquote, going in on Trump, which is truly <laughs> the most toothless. They've been doing the most toothless attack I've ever seen in my life. Um, so they hired it. That's why I am actively glad that he's not going to be on the show because I ended up watching a good amount of his stand-up that I could find to get a feel for the dude. Uh, he is a conservative stand-up. He is very good at stand-up. If he's in a comedy club, he slays it. He kills the room. But he is just a stand-up. Uh, he would be doing a lot of weekend update pieces where he would get to have the conservative viewpoint. Yeah, and be and, a racist piece of shit. <laughs> and so, to me, he has no place on the show. Like, I, I, don't, will not, I don't think the show will miss his presence at all. And I think that... He's very, very easily replaceable also. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, because I don't, I mean, like, while it might not be necessarily what a lot of people, myself included, want to hear is the conservative viewpoint and the climate that we're in, like, there's still a place for that. And I can still, I mean, shit, like Chappelle's new special kind of represents a little bit of that conservative yeah. culture and everything else. Like, there is a place for that. But what sucks about it is you can represent the conservative viewpoint and not be racist. Yeah. And because of all of this backlash, like you said, he is going to find more work where if he they would have just never hired him to begin with, probably wouldn't be getting the same number of calls from however yeah. many people as he is yeah. now that he's trending on Twitter. Either way, like A Andrew Yang reached out to him. Yeah, Andrew Yang is going to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, regardless, this Andrew Yang's like, do you want a thousand dollars for the rest of your life? <laughs> this dude's career is far from over. Uh, there, like there is a place for the conservative viewpoint, but it also is not a coincidence that so many people saying that viewpoint keep getting busted, being outwardly racist and homophobic. Mm -hmm. That's not just some like crazy, uh, outlier coincidence either way. Uh, I'm glad the dude's gone. I'm really happy for Bowen, and I'm happy for Chloe. And whoever else they get, if they get a, a third to join. Oh, you think that they'll they like might just replace well, I mean, how many spot? people got left? I know poor went out for our girl, Leslie Jones. Yeah, well, there's also such big fans the number of. of people in the cast fluctuates a lot over yeah. the years. So it uh, there's a good chance they just don't replace him. I have uh, one more tweet to shout out. At uh, Millicent Summer says, just thinking about Jenny Slate, who got fired from SNL for swearing one time. She said fuck on live TV. Is this a transition? It is, because Jenny Slate is apparently set to do a Netflix stand-up. She got a Netflix special. And the, the saying fuck on SNL thing, she didn't get fired immediately after that. She got fired at the end of this season. Uh, a lot of people thought that it was definitely partially because of that, because Jenny Slate is an electric performer. She didn't get a, a chance to really spread her wings on SNL, though. But either way, she's one of the funniest people alive, easily. Like, she would have been great on SNL. She's, mm -hmm. she's an unbelievable actress um, and just improviser. And she, apparently her stand-up is very good, which I haven't had the chance to see until now we're going to get to see it. And the special, 
which is going to be on Netflix, like you said, is going to be part stand-up and part documentary, which should be interesting. Whoa. That is interesting, because I don't know her as a stand-up, but I love her whenever she pops up in anything. Like, of course, yeah. as John Raphael's brother and... Sister. In, or John Raphael's <laughs> sister in uh, Parks and Rec is, like, the first time that I ever saw her in something. But since then, she's been, like, doing acting. A lot of voice work, because she has yeah, a very unique mouth. voice. I mean, I was even thinking she's in like the Secret Life of Pets movies and stuff like that. Like Zootopia, she gets, yeah, she's in Zootopia. She's, I mean, she's a very, very talented. She's apparently person. she's in Venom. Yeah, she's in that. Venom. Completely wasted in Venom. Yeah, <laughs> she plays like an like As a scientist assistant. <laughs> yeah, so um, excited for her. We also, I mean, we have a trio of Netflix uh, comedy news items that I'm very excited about. All of them. Uh, the other one is well, there's Mulaney. well, there's Mulaney, of course, doing a new. Hour, but is what I'm guessing. It's not. It's, it's not, not stand up. Mm-hmm. His new, his next Netflix special will not be stand up at all. It's going right. to be a fake uh, children's show yep. starring Mulaney and which will probably it'll be some like stand up jokes in there. But I like this whole like high concept, like a thing Fred Rogers doing. type thing. <laughs> something, something along those lines. Apparently, either way, give me, give me George St. Geekland as. Uh, I'm Fred Rogers. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction now that this is going to be, despite being a comedy show, it's going to be intended for adults. Grant Mulaney is clean enough of a comic he can be enjoyed by everybody, but I'm going to assume that he's not just going to like make the. Ne- it's not going to be like the top thing on the kids' Netflix channel. Yeah, we should mention real quick that uh, there is going to be a new season of. Big Mouth with the Queer Eye guys so, in mm. it. Are they heavily involved? Because I really don't need them in that. I hope. I honestly <sighs> hope that they're not. I hope it's just like a small thing. There's so many don't goddamn you characters dare in the show. Talk yeah. that shit about no, but I mean, Drew has a point. Like they, no, you I know can't you have a whole e- season long yeah. arc with the Queer Eye guys. And listen, it'll just be nice to see them. Listen, usually I'm like USA Network. You know, characters welcome, <laughs> but not not in this case. Um, Either way, Drew, you wanna you wanna walk that back a little bit? I know you're about to say some uh, homophobic slurs <laughs> right there. And, uh, you talk about the queer eye boys. We'll oh, go, yeah. ahead, we'll go ahead and, and and bookmark this for Lorne in about ten years. <laughs> I do hate this. that if you don't actively love queer eye. Like you kind of get side eye, and it's like, no, I just do it's, you not actively love. No, queer I eye? don't. I don't. I don't think that they have a massive impact on everybody's life that they visit. I think it's a little bit self important of a show. And Especially, I think that you're a homophobic piece of shit. Yeah, see, so, yeah, you know. Actually, I, the new... Have you guys seen the new season? Yeah, I have. It is so, like, self-indulgent. But yeah. people like that. They I, like these personalities. So I, I love it. I, lo- I think the last two seasons... Sidebar here. I think the last two seasons of Queer Eye are the best seasons of the show. I have cried multiple times during different episodes, and I think that the show is great, know. and I love it. Okay. Um... The third piece of uh, comedy Netflix news is that Paul Rudd has a show coming out on Netflix. Yeah, Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd are the two stars of mm. the show. He is playing two characters in the show. What's it called? Like, Living With it's Myself or some shit? Enemy, directed by Dylan. <laughs> 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 They're remaking it in a wacky, yeah. crazy... <laughs> He's going to be like, my bobbing apples. Well, yeah. No, my bobbing apples. Enemy was originally intended to be a comedy, but Jake Gyllenhaal just didn't have the chops for it. So, Either way, very excited for this. Uh, love Paul Rudd. We all love to see him. Mm. And he has a show coming out. And I don't know. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's doing interesting things. I, instead guess, of I guess he's taking a break from Ant-Man for the time being because uh, Kevin Feige had no room for him on his giant fucking slideshow. 
there was no Paul Rudd on that, unless he pops oh. up in the Eternals and he's like, hey, I'm really small and you guys are eternal. Hey, guess what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Sure. Paul Rudd is one of the best actors, uh, just personalities in the MCU, and I would rather him not be in the MCU making MCU movies. So he's. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm glad okay he's that. doing this. I'm very happy that he's doing this. I'm excited for it, and we'd love to see him. And Netflix needs as much Paul Rudd as they can possibly get. Well, the because only because the competition is heating yeah, up. Yeah, and the only thing truly that Netflix is in the lead for, as far as streaming services at this point, is comedy. Right. That's the mm-hmm. only thing that they, they almost have, have a fucking monopoly on it. Yeah, the, like truly, like even sitcoms, which again, our next topic is going to be how that is going away for them. But their stand-up is they have sunk so much money into it and it's paying off in dividends. Everyone is watching their stand-up. Yeah, which, I mean in going to that point, I don't know if I was talking with you about it, Drew, or I was talking with somebody off-air and I was kind of at the point where I was like, look, if I had to cancel Hulu or Netflix, I'm canceling Netflix because yeah. Hulu... Netflix, I know I can on every Friday, I can look and see a thousand new shows, but like... 990 of them are trash, so yeah. I don't care. I'm also, I'm more confident that I could find a stand-up hour, like, through illegal channels, rather than, like, Pen15 Season 1. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that would be You're on right. the websites I get on. Uh, either way, I agree. By le- illegal channels, you mean, like, channels that you pay for through streaming services? Yes, and, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, oh, good. I said, would, just sure. I said uh, legal channels. What? <laughs> what? unspeakable crimes would you commit to be able to stream the Big Bang Theory whenever you want? Oof. I would pay for the a very prestige uh, service. Because only a prestige network would get the rights to the Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory, of course. Yeah. You know? And like we said at the beginning, this episode is brought to you by Wabam Max Disney Plus Executive Unlimited Version, mm-hmm. where you can subscribe for $500 a month and get all the pictures of I think you've buttholes. given like four different prices yeah. on the price range. <laughs> if, but it's, it's, a lot, it's, very, it's a tiered yeah. system. It depends. If you call right now, you can get it for three ninety nine per if, month. If you get on the 1K tier, you'll. I will send you pictures of Ernest on the Lolita Express. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bill Clinton are just like shooting the shit. No one else is on the plane that you can see, so it's not a problem. Yeah, me and my friends, they're all just (laughs) off-camera laughing along with me. (laughs) As is the cast of Big Bang Theory. All on the Lolita Express. I would believe that. Ready to cash in on their millions. Yeah. They're they're all bankrolling the whole Epstein Island. Yeah, they're so... They killed him. (laughs) Oh, man. Sheldon killed... (laughs) Sheldon snuck into the Young Sheldon killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Young Sheldon... You mean they suicided him. Yeah, young Sheldon suicided Epstein. That's a fact. Look it up. Google it. Um, anyway, streaming wars. HBO what? Max. HBO Max got the rights. Mm-hmm. What is what is the difference between all these fucking things? Max Keeble. Is it? Yeah. So is that the difference? HBO Max has been the one that's been the most up in the air because people are like, well, I already have to pay for HBO. Yeah. So why will I pay for like premium original content from HBO? So I would pay more money for HBO Max when it's unclear what the hell they're even going to have. They're going to have Friends, and now they're going to have Big Bang Theory. Oh, they, they're the one that got Friends, too. Yeah, yep, they won the Friends sweepstakes. That's a big one for all the Gen Xers out yeah. there. Well, because this is... I, I just Are they giving up on CBS All Access? Is that what this is well, the thing? Well, CBS All Access is Viacom. That's a different... That's no, I know, smaller... but this is a CBS show, oh, is my question. Is 
Yeah, I guess it, it's yeah, like Big Bang Theory is CBS. I guess the production company is different than the network it aired on. Yeah, I really don't know who had the rights to it in the first place. Uh, I will maybe say, Chuck Lorre. I do see <laughs> on here that uh, this uh, the Big Bang Theory deal with HBO Max is for six hundred million dollars. Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? I, I'm looking at a variety right now. It is it is legit. Uh, Somebody paid six hundred million dollars to these people that are already like the richest people on any it is, network TV show ever. It, it is. It does speak to a really interesting point, which is uh, because I've been you know we me and Hunter both have been watching uh, like live stream. Big I've Bang wa- Theory. I've been watching illegal live streams of pro football games, and you nice. and they're on like CBS and Fox, so you get commercials for. A whole slate of shows that all have more views than anything that we talk about on this pod. And we haven't heard of any of them. Yeah. Um, at all. I've been watching They're them legally uh, through NFL Sunday Ticket, which if you put in code WABAM, it'll Whatever. give you an air screen. But um, if even still, I see so many network TV shows that just Bl- look Bluff like... Love City Law. <laughs> yeah, look like it's the l- it's worst like a piece of garbage of, ever. Of a show, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> They're like fake shows. It's outrageous. So that's the thing is Big Bang Theory is, is the most successful show of our generation. Like it's... I think it probably is more successful than Game of Thrones. Would yeah. that be crazy? In terms of yeah. viewership, Oh, of yeah. Course. It's got to I mean, be it, the ratings for it are insane. Outrageous rate. I mean, so it makes sense for it to be and that much money. And it went for 12 years. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Friends actually was on NBC, yeah, and it was. was produced. Well, okay, this you you still have the same point though. Yeah, because NBC just announced Peacock, their own streaming service. Great, great name, guys. Really, like there were a lot of meetings to decide the name. Yeah, and they came up with Peacock. Someone was like, "Wait a second, our logo." Looks like a peacock. It look, uh, yeah, it looks like. Oh someone. my god! Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's why they were late to the stream. They actually came up that they were going to make a streaming service before Netflix, but it took them this long to, to come, actually up, come with up with the, the name. name. Either right. way, I did see a news item today that said because it's been known for a minute that uh, NBC's service is getting the office starting in 2020. Yeah, it's, that it's was another Netflix. bidding war for like hundreds yeah. of millions. And also, I saw a news item that I didn't vet this because why would I? What are we a news source for some people? No. Uh we're, we're we are the New York appa- Times. Evidently their ultimate goal is to revive the office on the streaming service. Blasphemy. I would rather Blasphemy. I would rather die. I do not want that to happen it's probably going to be like will helms not by himself good it the office already went on for too long why would you make it go longer yeah it's like my favorite show ever and it's still on the last two seasons of it aren't very good so i mean i yeah i famously go even farther on that point did Uh, you see that famously jenna fisher started a like rewatch podcast i mean yeah, her and uh, Angela. Yeah, are both. Do- yeah, they're doing an office rewatch pod. It will get so many listeners. I get it will get millions of listeners. Uh, celebrities are taking the only medium that the poor's had left, which is podcasting, and now they're like, "No, I think that I'll take the money, not you." Well, so- that's why we want to announce today's guest on the show, Steve Carell. Come on out. Hey guys, I'm Mr. Carell. Hey, I'm I'm hey, I'm here. Ooh, ha. You want to talk about Last Flag Flying? Uh, uh, no, Ernest, no. How much did you pay for this impressionist? <laughs> He's doing so bad so far. No. Ms. All right, I got to go, guys. I got to no, go be I want to next... talk about Foxcatcher. No. <laughs> there he goes. Oh, there he goes.
Wow, to you catch some foxes. You didn't pay anything, did you? That was like that was one second. <laughs> that, was, that was good, wasn't it? I'm not gonna vend. Hey you. guys, I'm back. Did I miss something? Oh my god, is that Steve Carell? No, it's your no, room? it's really not. He, I I will say one thing. He looks just like him. But oh, okay. He he sounded, looks you got more, you hired a guy who looked like Steve Carell. Not you didn't vet like the, him, he's, sounds He like sounds like Billy Crystal doing the Jazz Man. You know, this is a visual <laughs> medium, Ernest. That was prison Mike. Um, so no, but so going like back to Mike. going back to Peacock and HBO Max and all of these other things, it leads me to believe that maybe Apple Plus is doing the right thing here, where Apple Plus is trying to set it up where this is basically your cable box, and you can subscribe to all these different places through one bundle. And then they're just available on the Apple Plus app. So you can have your Disney Plus and your Hulu and your Netflix and everything else. And they're all and one click all away. Be there. Yeah. And in addition to that, I mean, Apple Plus announced some stuff. Only five bucks a month for Apple TV Plus. That's like the lowest uh, price for any of these, I'm pretty sure. It, it is. I'm... I'm really curious. Apple Plus has had this giant cloud shrouded over, especially because they are trying to do something pretty ambitious with partnering with everything so that will all be available. They have so like I'm sure so much money. I feel like they're going to have some kind of a deal where it's like you can get Apple Music and uh, Apple TV Plus. Also, they're coming out with a game streaming service too, Apple Arcade. So all of this is just going to be together in the apple plus app or i'm curious about it but it is at the end of the day apple plus will have the fallback that even if you don't really care about their other shows you might just be like oh i'm tired of having to flip through all my apps because i it's too much work and i'm a lazy piece of shit then it'll just all be available for you there and you could always ask siri siri Play whatever you know I want to watch because you know me better than I do. Yeah. I mean, Apple Plus is also, they've invested a shitload of money into original programming. Like, a ton of money. Yeah, well, you, the, it's you guys a- want to do a uh, live breakdown of every new uh, episode of the Jason Momoa show? See? See? I, I, I can't <laughs> wait for people to start saying, hey, did you watch the new episode? Did you see the new C? <laughs> You see the new I know C? Drew is all over it. Jason Momoa is his favorite actor. Did you see C last night? Did you see C? Did you see C? Here's another thing about why Apple Plus is going to pop off. It's, it's not going to be optional to download this app if you have an iPhone. There will be a software update, and then you will have the app. Like, I'm very confident in that. It mm-hmm. will just show up, and you'll be like, what's this? And it'll be like, hey, do you want to watch all this shit? Pay me money. And you will do it. And we'll all do it. Well, and Apple does have the plus that it'll just be like, hey, if you get the new iPhone 14, then it'll come Apple with plus. a year app of Apple TV Definitely. Plus. Yeah, it'll be bundled in as so many product deals for them. They're, they have that over any other streaming service. There's no Netflix pad yet. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the biggest thing with this is like when I look at Disney Plus, I know what the Mandalorian looks like. <laughs> I have a feeling of what the Marvel shows are going to be because. I, there is a precedent for all of this right. with Apple TV plus like all they have are the names like I don't well, know what any the of these big, shows are there, there's gonna be a huge marketing push and it's gonna start soon it just hasn't started we've, yet yeah we've but it it premieres in like November oh, and they have haven't announced like anything except C 
and also the oh, late the, the night newsroom or what? late not, not late newsroom night? early uh, early morning the morning show the morning show the morning show morning yeah show. which they showed that little teaser did you guys watch the no. teaser so I think it's based off of a book if I'm correct it's Reese Witherspoon Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell yeah. Wait, let's get, let's bring Steve Carell back in here. Oh no, here he comes. He's <laughs> jumping hey. through the window. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Oh, I'm wearing my prison Mike outfit now. Worst part about prison was the Dementors. Worst part Flying about the, everywhere. Worst you know, part about the morning show was the Dementors. Uh, he knows the line at least. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I guess. All right, that was better. I need to lock the door this time, so he fucking doesn't come back. I came back again. Oh god, (laughs) did I miss him again? Shit. Yeah, I had so many questions. Apparently, there's also going to be a show about Emily Dickinson, starring Haley Steinfeld as Emily Dickinson, and John Mulaney is as Henry David Thoreau. Henry David Thoreau. What the fuck? Can Mulaney act? Is my question number one. He would like to. I will say his acting in Documentary Now and Documentary Now is very on point. Yeah. And on Hello on Broadway, when he needs to get pissed, he does it a whole lot better than Kroll does. Like, he goes fucking nuts in that Broadway show. So this is a guy that, like, you know, I can trust him to do anything. Like, give this guy a sitcom already, right? Let's call it Mulaney. <laughs> It'll be the new Seinfeld. I, uh, I am curious just because he, I mean... Even in these settings, it's still on the basis of a comedy. And I was more worried about the show Dickinson with him playing like a very dramatic role. But apparently they're almost from everything I've heard about it. They're trying to have the tone of like the favorite for this, which if they nail oh, that. Did you see any footage from? I think there is like a teaser. I, I know around. there's I, I haven't actually watched the teaser, but from okay. what I've heard, it seems like it's very like lighthearted, despite it being like having a costume drama aesthetic, mm. which Hey, if it has the vibes of the favorites, sign me up immediately. It's I not a Yorgos joint, though. Yeah, mm. d- who is attached to I the creative person? I don't know. I will. Say, I'm a Haley Steinfeld fan. I really like her acting. She's amazing in Edge of Seventeen. I still haven't seen that. Great movie. I need to see Great that movie. Any final thoughts on the streaming wars, boys? Uh, no. We're gonna get mm. them all. We're gonna watch. When all are this we gonna bullshit? get the USA Network streaming channel? <laughs> Characters welcome. <laughs> Give me. I want to bring back Burn Notice. Oh, I've been like we never really got an uh, satisfying conclusion. White collar. I could actually. I could do an an hour on bring USA Network. Back Monk. My mom was a big fan. I watched all those shows. Monk and Psych are the best, obviously, out of any. No, of those. Mr. Robot. You uh, never saw Mr. Robot. Yeah, I didn't get into it though. So, and I don't want well, to Mr. because Robot. then Monk and Psych will be dethroned, mm. and we can't have that. Right. Yeah. Also, Rami is like. There's something different about him nowadays. Uh, oh, well, we didn't bring it up, but since we're talking about USA Network, there was a trailer for Friend of the Pod, Andy Greenwald's new show on Briar the USA Patch. Network. Briar yeah, Patch. Yeah. I am very excited for this show. Gotta watch it for um, I don't for know. Greenwald. Did you guys watch the trailer? I caught I caught a little bit, yeah. I don't want to. It. It's, I mean, the trailer doesn't really give away anything, Um I know I I'm of course I'm so excited for J.R. Ferguson. I mean, dude, like I fucking love that guy. He is amazing in Twin Peaks: The Return as the he he's the he's uh, the FBI uh, like the guy running the FBI. He's just a great like character actor that just like shows up in things, mm-hmm. and you're like, he's a great that guy. But I think that this is trying to give him more than a that guy role. Um, you're right. He was in Twin Peaks. Yeah. I remember that. Um, cool. He, yeah, so very excited for that. Yeah, we're going to 
there's so much fucking TV to talk about, like Succession, The Deuce, Mindhunter. Oh, Don't get man. me started on the best show on we'll, television. We'll have to do a whole catch it, but uh, we want to get to some fantasy film league talk. But before we do that, I'm gonna hop on a quick soapbox right oh, now, no. if you'll indulge me for a second, because I don't know if I'll get a chance to do this again, because there's a lot to catch up, like I just said. I watched Dunkirk this mm. week, guys, and this movie, it made it on my top 10, I think my top five of 2017, and I'm here <laughs> to sing the praises of Dunkirk, because this movie, it is as maligned as it is praised, okay? And I know it was nominated for Oscars, and I know that it, it, is, it is liked, but God damn it, <laughs> I think it is the best <laughs> Nolan movie since Inception, which isn't that much of a fucking movie. I, yeah. I think that it's a better movie than Inception, but I know, might, actually, are, I know that you're on your Inception train, but I think that it's probably his best movie of the 2010s. It might, honestly, it might be better than Inception, the more I think about it, but this movie... It, its complaints tend to rest on Nolan's screenplay and his underdeveloped characters and lack of plot. But in this essay, I will explain oh, no. why the film is a masterwork, oh. a technical feat that manages to land an emotional punch. <laughs> I won't go on too much, but I'll just say, <laughs> yeah, it's far from perfect. It's far from perfect, but, and it's probably not even Nolan at, at its best, but well, in some ways it is. I'd say it's his best movie since The Prestige, actually. Well, I mean, I guess I just, Dark I think Knight, it's unbelievable yeah. what he managed to pull off. Like, the movie doesn't need a plot. It just revolves around a single event. That's stupid. The rescue People, of soldiers. Anybody who's going to criticize this movie for a lack of plot is, like, totally missing the point of this movie. I haven't rewatched it since not seeing it, since seeing it in the theater. Though, I mean, we so. saw it on a fucking full-size IMAX screen, yep. and it was, like, the most... In panic-inducing thing I'd ever seen in a fucking long time, and on a on a technical level, it's an absolute marvel. Like the the aerial sequences are outstanding, and the fact that it's like basically a silent film. It, there's no glory in any of it. It's just the raw feeling of survival. It's about duty. It's about balancing the will to live with the need to serve a greater purpose. And I just I just want. To talk about these fucking actors mm. for a Barry Keoghan. Because they are the actual MVPs of this whole thing. If it wasn't for this cast, the movie wouldn't work. We have to talk about Kenneth Branagh as the naval officer. He's incredible. He's, he's incredible. He's he, really good. Not only do, is he the perfect delivery of exposition for what we need to know, but he is the emotional not the emotional, but he adds that emotional gravitas. The moment where he sees the boats coming in, the moment where he thinks he's going to get fucking bombed to smithereens. Mark Rylance as the boat dad. Magnificent. Mm. His need to help the soldiers with a fatherly instinct because of his son is just patriotism at its finest. And it's fucking Mark Rylance. Like, come on. That man, just one look is... is Glorious. Absolutely glorious. Tom Hardy acts with one eye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His face is completely covered, and he has to act with a single eye that you can see. And in that eye, 
you see fear, determination, resilience, confidence, and serenity, all without speaking. He doesn't have, like, any lines in the movie. How does it compare to his role in The Dark Knight Rises, though, is my question. Oh, much better. (laughs) Cillian Murphy, the broken, traumatized soldier, he cannot bear the reality of having killed a boy. He has to convince himself that he didn't do it to be able to live on. And Mm. all of this is done without barely any dialogue. Like, it's all in the performances. There's a moment when the son, the dad, and the soldier all are looking at each other after they realize what's happened to Barry Kurgan. And you know exactly what's going through their head because of the information that's given out to you and because of the performances on each of those actors. And all of that is firing on all cylinders in that moment for it to land. And it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm big. I'm, we're all, we're all big Dunkirk fans here. I do have, I have a question for you because I know that you also have a very strong affinity towards this movie, better war movie, Dunkirk or Saving Private Ryan. <sighs> Interesting question. I think ultimately Dunkirk would win, even though it's not actually a war movie. It's a survival movie. Saving Private Ryan is more of the war movie. And I think Saving Private Ryan ends up celebrating war a little bit more. It ends up on the, like, hurrah, our veterans note. And Dunkirk isn't that at all. It does not glorify war. It just glorifies the fact that these people survived and that was enough. Yeah, you kind of hate Kenneth Branagh in this movie in a way like that. He's just like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Why? Oh, well, they're probably he's going to die. Like, oh, uh, yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, the duty there, he's just like, I'm staying here. Yeah. For my I, peeps. I, I, I actually, I think I agree with your take. I think that Saving Private Ryan is weirdly a little bit overrated because I think I love I love Saving Private Ryan. I know. I see. That's why I brought it up to yeah. you because I think that Saving Private Ryan, everybody just remembers the first act of that movie, mm-hmm. which is, it's it's amazing. But I do think that the whole back half is a little bit of a slog. I'll say we it. get I'll say we it. get so. great character moments is the thing. We I mean, actually it's not care as good as Ready the, Player One. Oh boy, the best Spielberg movie. Well, this has been my soapbox. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, guys. I really needed to get that off my Do chest. Do we have time to go on my soapbox? Or no. Not? Okay, I guess I'll come. One soapbox per episode. Okay, I was gonna go on forty-five minutes about Lana Del Rey, but I'll save. Watch that. Dunkirk. It's a fucking awesome movie. I'm probably going to put on the special features at some point when I get a chance. That's mm, a good call. I bet those are good special features. You got on blue? Yeah. Watch how many IMAX cameras Christopher Nolan Drowned. ruins by throwing them in water. Yeah. All right. We want to close out today's episode with a sneak peek at our fantasy film league, which we yeah. have teased mm-hmm. in yeah, episodes we, past. We discussed it last week, but it was in its very nascent stages. We have finalized our team's. And the way we went about it was we decided to have movies overlap to different teams. So it's not a traditional draft, but we all got together. We downed like 30 White Claws, Mm -hmm. and we had a romp. We had a romp. There are eight teams in our league, and I put together a whole spreadsheet with point values and a tracking system. So essentially we were all... uh, Ernie assigned a dollar amount to every movie. There were four tiers of dollar amounts. So uh, 20, 10, 5, and 1. Based on how every movie is expected to do with award nominations and wins and also the box office. uh, Yeah, there's either 20 points, 10 points, 5 points, and 1 point. 
uh, per film, and we everybody had a budget of a hundred dollars to spend. Uh, and again, we could each have the exact same movie on our list. It was more like a daily fantasy lineup than it was an actual mm-hmm. fantasy lineup. Uh, you did a really good job of valuing movies. Thanks. You did yeah, a great good job. Yeah, good job by you. You made me do way yeah. too much research for this um, thing. <laughs> we also decided to make it so box office had a, a very limited role. Because of we just did the summer movie wager. Yeah. And, yeah, and also box office, I mean, award nominations... Most movies that get more award nominations, I would say I tend to like better than movies that do the mm-hmm. very, very best at the box office. I like plenty of big box office movies, and I dislike plenty of awards movies. Don't get me wrong. But uh, we, we maxed it out at a hundred. If, if the movie gets $100 million, it gets 10 points on the board. Yeah. If it gets 50 million. It's like million, a threshold yeah. crossing. And if it gets 50 million, it gets five points on the board. And that's it. Uh so that's that's good. And then uh, you want to break down the awards system? So essentially the way we decided to do it was if the movie gets a, an award nomination in any of the major Guild Awards or the big awards, um, it gets five points. And then if it wins in that category, it gets an extra five points, except for a uh, set number of 20 point or sorry, 15-point category wins in addition to that five-point nomination. So the big awards are the Best Picture Oscar, the two Best Picture Golden Globes, the BAFTA for Best Film, the Independent Spirit Award for Best Film, and then all the major uh, guild um, awards. So directing, producing, acting, and writing. Um, So we end up with a pretty comprehensive overview of award season i think next year there is an opportunity to fold in uh film festivals so we'll see what we can do with that next year but for now it's just those awards and if the movie uh ends up on the afi top 10 lists it also gets a a little five points there yeah i mean i feel like it is good to uh bring in festivals in future years because we even mentioned it in the news but tiff the winner of the audience award this year was Jojo Rabbit, yeah, the which has Taika. been very maligned by critics coming into this whole thing. But all these audience awards, it's like I, don't, I wouldn't weird, say very maligned. It's been it's been pretty, mixed. it's been mixed to say the least. Yeah. I would say mixed to like kind of subpar, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of shocking that that one. But I mean, that was, for example, that was a ten dollar value that you would have just won some points for. And even still, even if that isn't actually going to um, get you any points for the festival win, it's a pretty good indicator that it's going to get some love at the Oscars. Yeah, Or exactly. at least the Globes that, or something else. That same award went to Green Book last year, which yep. went on to win Best Picture. So it's an interesting thing to, to do this right now as the festival season is heating up. That's why we kind of got it right in the radar as these movies are coming out. Um, now that this sort of fall award season is is starting to heat up let's get into our actual teams our actual lists so my picks were joker a beautiful day in the neighborhood the irishman knives out marriage story just mercy and jojo rabbit um i think just mercy is like the one kind of unknown pick in there that i am hoping what is that movie it's like a it's like a tr- it's like a historical biopic 
uh, where Michael B. Jordan is a lawyer who is fighting for the freedom of Jamie Foxx. Yeah, weirdly, it's like a legal drama. Brie Larson's like in there. That should have been something that would have gotten more buzz, but it, it it's almost like nobody's talking about it, good or bad, which usually isn't great. Mm, yeah, um, I'm just hoping that it, you know, it it's it's going to be released right at the cusp of that awards window mm. like right at the end of december so it, it, i'm just hoping it's like awards baity enough to yeah. get some noms um what are what are your guys lists you want to go so um it? uh going through my list we each kind of evoke different strategies which is kind of a credit to the scoring system that seems like it's balanced enough some of us went for movies that we know are going to make lots of money and just kind of stack those on um others of us went for things that seem kind of oscar baity or awards fodder, however you term that. Um, and then I kind of went for a little bit of both of those things and also things that I think are going to be ravenously well-received because the biggest indicator of this whole thing is your movie can get nominated for like a bunch of different awards, but there's a Metacritic score multiplier to this whole a percentage, thing. percentage, yeah. So mm-hmm. something like... Can't forget that Jojo Rabbit uh, could be something where it does get a lot of nominations, them, yeah. but if it's like a fifty or a sixty, that's immediately getting cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, so my list, I started with Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I think that that movie is a lock. Ford much. v Ferrari, Dawn Ford of Justice. Ferrari. Yeah, um, Little Women, which I mean, it's it's an adaptation. It's a, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. Great cast. All of the cast members, I could see multiple of them getting nominated marriage story which might be it's in my top five for most anticipated movies for the rest of the year bombshell which uh was kind of my oscar Beatty pick um it is a movie starring Charlize theron nicole kidman uh margot robbie about uh the fox news allegations against roger ailes from the perspective of the women that were involved so, that uh, movie could be fucking huge. I it seems I picked it because I think it has a chance to be the vice of this year. Nobody yeah. has seen it yet. It's not that like nobody's talked about it, but just nobody has seen it yet, which is it's kind of a wild card. My next one is a personal pick for me. It's Waves. Mm. Um I mostly did this because you have the Independent Spirit Awards on there. Also, right. I I'm I love I'm so excited for this movie. Um I love Trey uh, Edward Schultz. I love Trey Edward Schultz, our Orlando boy. Um, give me everything that he does. Pain and Glory, uh, Pedro Almodovar film, uh, which has been getting a lot of good buzz. Antonio, Antonio Banderas is kind of the front runner right now. Um, and then I have Parasite. Which was one of the runners up for TIFF. Which was a runner up at TIFF. Um, because it came out so long ago, I feel like it's not as hot. I mean, it won the Palme d'Or. It, palm, it won the Palme d'Or, but it also came out, like, six months ago. So I am a little bit worried that it might have, like, a little bit of La La Land fatigue by the time that comes around to awards season, where you've been talking about yeah. it for so long that eventually, like, you kind of just forget about it. Yeah. Which happens um, a lot. That's your whole list, right? Yep. My, my list is the most similar to yours, definitely, easily. Uh, but I went even heavier on the heavy hitters because... My my thinking was with the way our point system is weighted, it's actually not completely out of the question for a single movie to get a hundred points. That is very possible because uh, a lot of the time, all these most of these award shows are pretty uniform. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's likely to happen, but like a single movie could rack up a ton of points for you. So I, I went with that rather than like going with a lot of movies that had the guaranteed box office and just getting a guaranteed hundred points uh, total. But I did. I went with Joker. It does have the floor of the box office, and it also th- this. We did this draft right after it had gotten all the positive buzz from um, Venice. From Venice. Uh, since then, a couple reviews have come out that kind of made me worry. Um, but either way, there there's some points on the board for that. I also have a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which you had, Ernest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Hanks getting some shit. Oh, uh, yeah. I could see the you know the movie itself, the screenplay. I could see a lot of Nami's in the future. It could be the feel good Oscar pick mm-hmm. and other fe- er, award pick. Uh, Parasite. I also have. Um, I think there is an outside chance that last year Roma kind of set a precedent. Where I think more films, I think more years than not now, we'll have one foreign film that's in the mix for almost every major award at the Oscars. I hope so. And if there is one, I would put my money on it being Parasite. Um, and either way, uh, I would. I'm assuming most of these award shows have a foreign film list or nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and this qualifies. And this is going to be nominated, like guaranteed almost for all those. Right? Yeah, but you could also look at something like the Directors Guild. You could see Bong Joon Ho getting that. That's yeah, what I'm no. saying. Like this could win that a lot. Could be a 20 points right there. This yeah. could be a ton of awards. Uh, I also have Ford versus Ferrari because the box office is there, but also uh, the buzz has been very, very positive about it. Uh, in that it's going to be a big crowd pleaser and yeah. critics a big movie, movie. Yeah, and critics really like it without calling it like a cinematic achievement or anything. But I've heard buzz that it will get uh, technical Oscars, like sound design, things like that. Yeah, this could be another one of those movies that just gets a whole bunch of noms. You, you know, five, it's points, also, on five it's, points. I feel like it is the middle American movie of the year. Yeah. Where you have to have something that's just like this dude in bucket country ass nowhere, Kansas, like goes to go see a movie. He's like, I want to go see a movie about cars. <laughs> and like, so it has that going for him. Yeah. People I'll are just going to, it's, it has the crowd of people. I want a vroom vroom. They'll see a movie and then they see it and they're like, that's good. And then they don't ever thinking, think about it again, which yeah. is important. Yeah. So like that this. on top of it being by all accounts, uh, at least pretty good. It, it put it on my list, even though all these movies I've listed so far were $20. So they were pricey uh, picks. Um, but also, Joker, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Ford versus Ferrari, I could all see being all over the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. seem to me to be Globe-type movies because um, the Globes are a little bit more fun and audience-friendly, etc. Uh, but then my, my two cheaper picks, they are both $10 picks, Marriage Story, the Noah Baumbach joint. Did, did you have that on yours? Ernest? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All three of us have that on our list. Oh, you have that too? Yeah. yeah. Adam so, Driver... Oh, step on me in stilettos. So it's Noah Baumbach. He's fair game for plenty of noms. And then also I've heard, I've read buzz for all four of the leading actors who would all be in different categories. Mm -hmm. So it could absolutely clean up just nominations and get like an insane amount of points. Yeah, I mean, the buzz out of TIFF was that this was the movie of the fest. Yeah. Even though Jojo Rabbit got the win, pretty much everyone on Twitter and like, Everywhere was saying that Marriage Story was the movie. Yeah, it's got Meryl Driver. Uh, who else? Scarlett Johansson. ScarJo and Laura Dern. Yeah, uh, it could be huge nominations wise. It's going to be on Netflix. They have more clout now since Roma. Yeah, the whole Netflix thing is interesting. We should talk about that. I mean, I have The Irishman on my list, and 
they don't have box office because it's Netflix. yeah that's you're immediately out your DQ, the box office yeah. points i mean that's I, marriage story i think is the only one that i have on my yeah. list that doesn't have any uh, kind of theatrical release well marriage story also wouldn't get box office yeah. money <laughs> you know it'd be like a right best case 30 mil movie mm-hmm. like it wasn't made to make money uh my only other movie is Bombshell, which you also had, yep. Hunter. We had a similar line of thinking. This movie, to me, reeked of neoliberalism. Yeah. Because one of the leading characters... I could see it being not very good, but oh, still def- getting... Like, I'm not looking forward to it. It could be the vice of this year. Yeah, it's, or... a, it's about the female group of uh, Fox News employees who blew the whistle on Roger Ailes, who's now dead. So it's fair game to just shit on his grave. <laughs> um, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm not ex- uh, like making a joke there. But... Uh, that what really sold me yeah, is you mean literally go take yeah, a poop take on a big, his yeah, yeah that guy sucked uh what really sold me on it was Charlize is playing Megan Kelly who was at Fox News said a bunch of horrendous shit and then went to uh the Today show and everyone's like oh you're so brave when she had made a living off of being horrible for years mm-hmm. that to me uh screams neoliberalism so also which Charlize- is also what green book is Yes, exactly. Charlize is wearing so much fucking makeup and prosthetics to look like Megyn Kelly. It's Charlize it's wild. is playing Roger Ailes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just and I also uh, what I said on draft night is that I think that there's a good chance that this movie becomes the Me Too movie. Um, if it is that movie, like we said, no one's seen it yet. Well, that, that's so. the thing. There's a baseline of quality that it has to have to to be on, like of that stature. But if this is the big whistleblower, uh, you know, uh, feminist activist movie, then it's going to be buzzy, and that alone will get it some some nominations. Um, I don't know if you guys. I wouldn't say I have any regrets about my list. We did do this list uh, a little over a week ago now. Um, if there was anything that I might have considered changing, it might have been taking out Pain and Glory and putting in something like um, a movie which also got a lot of buzz, Dolomite Is My Name, mm. which... Oh, the Eddie Murphy? The Eddie Murphy movie, yeah. which... And the thing is that really is selling me more that this could be a big push for him as Eddie's comeback um, is that, one, uh, specifically with the Golden Globes, Golden Globes are all about stars. Uh, I've... You've already listened to our podcast about Hustlers. Then you know J-Lo is a lock to be nominated for the Golden Globes because they are all about their stars. Also, Eddie Murphy is hosting the Christmas episode of SNL, which is always reserved for people trying to make a big awards push almost every single year. So that is something um, I just brought up. Hustlers uh, might've gone on the list. I don't remember if it was a $5 or $10 value uh, movie, but I did want to say, I mean, we talked about, we kind of all did similar lines of thinking, but um, shout out to a former guest of we bought a Mike Greg, who really went for more of a box office kind of style approach where well, he maximized his 10 slots, he maximized his 10 slots and went for movies uh, that are just that he knows are going to make a lot of money, including um, one dollar pick Arctic Justice. <laughs> are we, a are Jeremy we sure Renner that joint? that's going to make a lot of money? <laughs> I don't think he made the right <laughs> call there because there were it other comes there out, were other picks that could have. It comes out like, well, honestly, I don't know. It could make money, but it comes out around the same time as Frozen Two. Also, it's produced by a company called CJE and M Pictures. Yeah, dude, you don't know CJE and M Pictures? They're going to be a big hit. The, they're going to sweep at the Spirit Awards this year. They're a South Korean film production company. 
is this a real movie? <laughs> Write into weebottomica at gmail.com and tell us if you know yeah, of the production of who greenlit this. It's, well, it's not going to theaters. It's going straight to the Renner app. <laughs> <laughs> On the now debunked Renner app, you have to have yeah. the app pre-downloaded to actually watch the movie. Yeah, and guess what, bitch? I got it. <laughs> We're all just going to so party you'll... around your phone. So, wait. Hold on a second. The movie's called Arctic Dogs, but it's also known Arctic as... Arctic Justice, right? Well, the poster says Arctic Dogs, <laughs> but it's called Arctic Justice. That's always a great sign Thunder, for your movie. Colon Thunder Squad. But, <laughs> but Jeremy Renner plays Swifty, who is an Arctic fox. Hmm. Well, you know, they call those things the, the dogs of the Arctic. Where, what is happening? I want answers. It's a mistake. Also, Alec Baldwin is in this. Great. James Franco is in this. Wow, two, two uh, <laughs> roast legends. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> Legend Tommy is Lee in Jones this. He plays that. an Arctic cell phone. This ah. is not a real movie. <laughs> he plays a cell phone? Does he play a cell phone, really? It says Arctic crazy. cell phone. I didn't call my wife. <laughs> That's a great joke. All right. Well, that's a great joke. Why didn't anyone <laughs> laugh at that? I didn't call my wife. Well, because he that's he doesn't that's say the, it. Uh, I know, that's I know. the fucking uh, Well, someone says that Harrison into the, Ford character. Someone says that in the phone and then he has a phone and is like, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, Men in Black is great. No. Men in Black. <laughs> the Fugitive is, is an amazing movie. <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for this week's uh crazy amazing fantastical episode of we bought a mic and again you can sign up for we bought a mic max plus entertainment tonight <laughs> weekly monthly forever unlimited mm-hmm. at just one thousand two hundred dollars a month you can enjoy all our premium content that's really not too much. And if you sign up right now for $1,500 a month, not only do you get all of our feet picks, you get to replace us as the hosts on We Bought a Mic. We will shut down the podcast, Andrew Yang, if you just give us $1,000 a month for the rest of our lives. For only $18,000 a month, we will deep fake ourselves into whatever movie you want. Mm-hmm. Do you want us deep faked into all of the sex scenes of The Deuce? Let us know. Sign up today. Nobody wants that. I want to be. I want to be Maggie Gyllenhaal. I want people to deep fake us into Arctic dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arctic wolves. I want to be the cell phone. <laughs> Thunder Swifties. That's a juicy role. <laughs> Make sure you check out our review of Hustlers, and coming soon, Ad Astra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Brad Pitt. Uh, thanks for listening. Any any final thoughts? Nah. I'm good. All right. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.